Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Elite Banter. I'm your host Adam and I'm joined as always by my co-host Matt. Matt, how are you? Adam, not too bad, all things considered. Yes, all things considered. Isn't that isn't that a choice of words? Um, today we're going to be talking primarily about South Africa's horrendous display against Ireland yesterday in Dublin and we'll maybe touch on a little bit of just the other fixtures that happened around the end of your tours along with a rumour from a report that uh, was published today uh, from Craig Ray who seems to have some, some good ears over at Saru. So let's get straight into it. Uh, let, let's just quickly, Matt, I'm just going to quickly just, just get the tough stuff out the way, right? So it was Ireland 38. South African three, right? Right? Yeah, you know, I wanted to be, have this podcast be a positive thing. You know, we look on the bright side in yes. more ways. Yes. But you know what? After last night, there is, I think, almost next to no positive we can take away from that game for us. No, no, not at all. I was at uh, I was at a pub in Joburg watching, and my evening just grew gradually worse as uh, the game wore on. I ended up missing missing the last 10 minutes, and uh, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did miss the last 10 minutes. I've since caught up on those last 10 minutes through the highlights, and it was horrible. Uh, I'm just going to highlight the key stats. I'm just looking at stats on alloutrugby.com, so you know where we sourced it, sourced, ladies okay. and gentlemen. Uh, the key stat for me is that kicking, kicking total meters, Ireland 778, South Africa 552, and Ireland only had four more kicks in South Africa. I think in one way, that just kind of sums it up. Ross Cronier almost, I don't know, picking up the rugby ball as if he's holding a precious vase before he kicks it. Uh, and, and then he kicks it. And then either is the African player not chasing or is a Springbok running after the ball. Irish player catches it. Uh, there's several meters separating the Irish player from the Springbok and the Irish player runs away. That, that in a nutshell, sums up the game. There are many other bad things that happened but uh i just know from my main takeaway was just the huge well i mean there are many but the huge inaccuracy of south africa's kicking game and how ireland just seemed to tactically pick us apart and we should have seen this coming but joe schmidt the irish coach we know that he analyzes the opposition to the t so we'll, we'll focus on the other other things uh, as well but what was your main bad takeaway of what went wrong for the spring box yesterday um, yeah, you use that word tactically. You know, Ireland played this tactical game. Where's, by the looks of, I mean, our guys were told, you know what, just pitch up at the field. We'll, there's be a ball. We'll get you some togs and jerseys and just knock yourselves out. Because really, there was fuck all plan going on on that field yesterday. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm busy drinking Jamisons right now just to give my big ups to the Irish. Uh, Jamisons reserve. It's pretty tasty. Uh, right now, but I think also what what I noticed um, is we both both you and I checked out the RTE um, halftime commentary. That's the Irish broadcasters for those of you who um, aren't aware, and they slated South Africa. All their criticisms, you couldn't say anything, and they in, in, they pretty much summed it up as that there was no plan, there's no intensity, and the coaching, whatever the coaching there was, just wasn't there. And then I saw a picture of the team coming out for the second half, and you could just see from the body language. That uh, the team weren't there, weren't there. Do, yeah. you, do you think? Do you think uh, that Tutti should carry the whole can um, for this performance? Look, obviously some some pl- blame ends up with the players, but what what do you think is going wrong? Maybe from from the coaching side of things. Like I've 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 never expressed before that I'm not a biggest fan of Tutti after last year. We all try to give him give him a, a a bit of a leg up, but I just seen the body language of the players itself, the lack of intensity that that says a lot. Yeah. 
I don't even know what Tutti said to them at halftime. To really, I mean, they walked off the field and they came. They came back at halftime looking worse. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I was watching the speaking of the Irish the halftime commentary. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching last night, I was watching with the Irish commentary on, not the local guys. And I mean, they spent 80 minutes tearing apart the South Africans. It was, it was actually kind of sad. Yeah, I think it's almost like a disappointment. You know, they actually want they want a real game, they won competition. But even the fact that it was 14-0 at half time, uh, I think South Africa were lucky for that scoreline. We had one, I think maybe two decent attacking opportunities. The first, and I guess I just need to talk about this, we have a 5-2-1 and two slash one overlap, and Damon Islander, who, God help me, why, I, I, I said I was looking forward to him in midweek, talking to people, saying, looking forward to me actually getting some decent game time, kicks the ball away. Uh, look, he wasn't helped by his 10. Elton's standing deep, Ross Crenier, I think you saw the difference between uh, the Irish 9 and 10. Um, the Islander... Huge disappointment. Jesse Creel, Manthill, but again running sideways. And just when Damon to Adam to kick the ball away, I think it's just a huge sum up of what went wrong. Like a team of confidence that would have ran it, but he panicked and kicked it. I, I was, I was, I, I was, you should have heard the, the moans where I was. Just heard a giant at the pub where I was at. Yeah, no, it was. I can't even imagine what was going through his mind. And as so much like you, I mean, last week, everyone can go back and yeah, we were both. I mean, on Team Delendi and saying no, it's fine. His return to form's imminent mm-hmm. or whatever. It's not coming back. You really no. After that kick, that brain fart, man doesn't think. Uh, and when he got substituted, when he got substituted, um, I think it was for Franz Offensa who came on and took his place. He yeah. looked disappointed that he was substituted. And I thought, well, you know what, between yourself and Creel, and Creel again, we've uh, spoken about how we uh. probably don't think he's the answer at 13. Uh, wing, maybe at best, 15, who knows, compared to uh, Andrew Skutsu having a few bright moments in the beginning, but again, sinking into mediocrity. Overall, I'm just incredibly disappointed. I mean, we could have done a heck of a lot better. And, and just my final thought before we brought our approach to the game, just Connor Murray and Johnny Sexton, versus Ross Crenier and Elton Yankees. Connor Murray took off a lot of pressure off Johnny Sexton with accurate box kicking. The Irish chased down his box kicks. Their follow-through was excellent. Johnny Sexton, very good off the tee. South Africa, we didn't have that many kicks in fairness. And overall, it was just a thoroughly professional performance uh, by Ireland. They did the basics well, and uh, they embarrassed South Africa, and we didn't do the basics well. And it's just, you think, at an international level, we should do better. Yeah, no, it was a systematic taking down. The yes, halfbacks yes, were yeah, just yeah. clinical. It was, it was like watching a professional international side versus a bunch of high school boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I want to go back to when you were saying Krill. One of our mm. problems, I mean, I know you and I, we've discussed how Krill can't run forwards. I mean, yes. he's like a bishop. He's a bishop. He's got to move in diagonals. Yeah. And I was watch, watching him yesterday. The man cuts into his neighbor's channel every mm. time. So in attack where we've got, you know, 30 meters on to his left when he catches the ball. Mm. He darts off to the left, cuts it off. Now there's like 15 meters left and two guys on his outside. Frustrating as all hell. Just watching watching him just cut off all our attacking bonuses by giving them, by cutting off the half the field like that. Yeah, I mean, he is a, a specimen, a physical specimen. And I know when under Mayer, when the Adam-Creel combo was introduced, there's some real positivity there. But the team has literally gone backwards. It's nearly two seasons later... And South Africa hasn't gotten anywhere. Um, I think one thing that initially really took the wind of our sails, might sign a weird thing to say, 
Kuni Ersteisen's injury in the first minute, I know both you and I and also on the Elite Banter Facebook group, of which we are part of, of which the majority of people, I think it was 10 versus 9, uh, mostly South Africans thought we'd, thought Ireland would, would win the game. Uh, just Kuni Ersteisen's injury in, in the first minute, and Wilco Lowe um, coming on. Like how... Do you think that really upset the rhythm for the South Africans? I was quite, I was quite disappointed. The fact of the matter is, he's, I mean, he's been now ruled out uh, of the Springbok European Tour. Uh, I know they updated us today. He's going back to Durban. That will announce a replacement maybe in, in soon. Um, his injury in, in, in just in the first minute. Do you think it just kind of upset the balance of what was going on? Uh, look, I'm not the, I'm not the biggest Cooney fan, and I think I'm oh. on record for, for saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely. Look, when your starting guard does go down in the first two minutes, it definitely does make a huge difference to the team plan. I'm going to use that word plan, even though yeah. they didn't have one, but yeah, it definitely made a huge difference to it. And Wilco, obviously, been pre- yes, he's prepped to play the whole game. Mm. I mean, he's got to be aware that there are injuries, but at the same time, the back of his mind all game is he was only supposed to be there for 20 minutes max. Mm. Uh, that's true. And uh, you're a big fan uh, of the Irish um tight head uh tight furlong you mean yeah, you race is one of the best just uh tight heads uh and just, just to make sure three is tight head if i'm right yeah three so, yeah, yeah just right. to make sure the jammers isn't confusing it's confusing me but i mean uh even at scrum time i think ireland you probably say have a 55 45 edge the african scrum did okay and but it, i remember we were, we were busy texting during the game and it was one of those first south african scrums and you kind of felt francois low at eight he was a little bit slow um, in picking up the ball. Do you think the, the time for him playing eight is over? We can maybe bring in Kasim. Who knows? I know that Dwan over in Toulon, he's made noises saying, oh, I can come back. Uh, he wants to come back suddenly after um, raining all over the administrators last year, and, and, and frankly, the, the administrators probably deserved it. Uh, Bronson Lode, experiment at eight, and uh, your thoughts on the South African scrum. Being a former prop, you're literally our scrumming expert here at Elite Banter. Yeah, no, uh, it's a heavy, it's a heavy burden to carry, but I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah, um, to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think you're a bit overconfident with 45-55 split as well. Mm. I think it's, I think it was a bit closer to 60-40, but okay. Yeah, I mean, shame. Beast had a rough one against Tad Furlong. He, I mean, yeah, he got penalised, I think, three times. Mm. Okay, look, it's a scrum penalty. They're just going to order it left or right, but shame. Sadly, yeah, Beast was the one who pulled the short straw oh, yeah. three times against Tad Furlong. And, yeah, our scrums were okay. I mean, but, yeah, like I said, it's not, not the best. We definitely need an eighth man, not some re- not a replacement flank mm-hmm. who can also moonlight at eighth man. That's <laughs> that's what you have bench players for. So we should, be, we should be starting with a specialist eighth man. And, yeah... I may as well pull on, put on Kasim because I mean yeah, hmm. I don't think we, sh- we should be calling in Dwayne just yet yeah and I think uh, we mentioned this last week it just highlights it's quite scary focusing on a 2021 year old in the shape of Jean-Luc Dupriere how vital he was to spring my cause in around the squad as a bench player I'd rather I'd rather have Dad Dupriere start against France next week because France although Look, what I can say is France is an honest tryer. That's for sure. I know when they, I, I ended up seeing a clip of him on Twitter talking after the loss, and you can just see the guy's dead inside. You just, which I, I'm, maybe I'm just being a bit harsh. I just, I was just heard him talking, and I thought this this guy is he wants to slit his wrist talking to the media right now. He's so depressed. Um, Peter Stefford toy at seven. He did okay. Took a little bit of lineup. Boys, Sia had a shocker by his standards. 
uh, I, I would say. That pass to score son. Not really up to it, but I think that's a reflection also, and I'm a big CF fan, I know you are as well, of the amount of pressure that the Bok Pack was was under at the at the breakdown, and it just goes to show um, maybe low getting on a little bit. Peter Steph Toy, not a national not a natural seven, more of a ball carrier. Sia, not exactly a natural fetcher, though I know it's not fashionable to speak about it. Le Diaga at five, a little bit missing. It's a bit of there and thereabouts. But uh, as you texted me also during the game, it's literally this pass to one guy, let him run. And often the Irish were over it, along with CJ O'Stunder, uh, the best Irishman ever, were all over um, South Africa um, at the breakdown. So if you're, if you're uh, Alistair Kutsia, and we're going to talk about rumors about his possible dismissal next month, now, now, who do you swap out amongst the squad that's gone? Who do you change? I'd put... It's difficult, because, I mean... I'd, I'd put move Peter Steph to, to, to five where he belongs. Mm. Or put him on the bench. Keep Lurt, and then keep keep Peter Steph to toy on the bench. Have him cover five or, five or seven from the bench. And But, yeah, Peter Steph to toy needs to either step... Or, what is he? Seven, yeah. yeah he step seven, away yeah. from step away from being our starting seven. He, I mean, he gave it a good try last night. He, he sw- there was that one that one mall where he swam through beautifully and managed mm-hmm. to disrupt it from get right through the middle of it and disrupt it nicely. But yeah, I mean, he had one or two flashes of brilliance yesterday. But I mean, he could do just as well from five, and we could have mm-hmm. someone else doing doing a proper job of a seven then on the field. Uh, it's true, and just looking at our bench yesterday, uh, we had Kasim. He's generally more of a six or seven, where you want to stick him anyway. He's trying at eight. Uh, Franco Mostat, Locke, and then you're talking about your props. Was uh, we did a four-three split with Page, Pollard, Fenter. As um, so I only saw when um, Pollard and Fenter were substituted onto the field, and then see how they performed, how they go for you. I, did, I was just looking at the stats. Uh, I was in, I was an Uber on the way home. I just, I just saw that these Pollard he was making, making meters. Um, he was kicking further, as well, and then, and then Fenter um, himself. Do you think he, he did something different? I know he more, he hasn't played that much Springbok rugby, but did it immediately look better when he came onto the field compared to folks that they replaced? I'm gonna be honest. I started tuning out quite by, by about then, and I mean the only, the only memory I have is <laughs> Don't of, blame you. Yeah, of Pollard. The only memory I have of Pollard in that game is him actually doing a bit of a guffaw. And got, he, uh, there was a ball he cleared. He cleared it. Or, yeah, he retrieved a ball on mm. the ground. And while retrieving it, slipped his foot into touch. Oh, God. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, but, I mean, it's... At that point, it was it was like a comedy of errors. And you hardly can blame him for that. It's just one more line-up for them at this point. Well, I mean, at the 70th minute, it was, I think, 17-3. Yeah, then, then yeah, but that's roughly when Pollard and Fenter also came on. Bongi came on round about then as well. So like our whole bench got siphoned in for the last ten minutes, and we lost another two, or they picked up another two tries against us in those ten minutes as well. Three, heck, even three tries. I think this, uh, uh, this yeah, ugh, yeah, three, three two. So. What does it matter? What does it matter? You know, I, I I'm gonna make a shout out Warren Whiteley. He's my boy. You know, I'm a big fan of Captain Fantastic. Um, I think this just goes to show the difference. What look, how are you looking at the eight stocks in South Africa? People said, "Ooh, he's not the best eight in South Africa." I think he might be. I think he might be, Bob Dwan Vermeulen, if he ever gets over himself. And look, I'm a big Dwan fan, 
as well. So maybe you need, him and the administrators need to sit down in a room and uh, slug it out or something. But I think this goes to show uh, it's a bit. He's the sort of lead from the front sort of captain. When things don't go well, uh, he loses effectiveness. I remember reading in a report that it's a bit isn't doing the captain's press conferences anymore. And I think from you and I, from you and I both know we've been observing rugby for a long time. The media duties are very, very important for the skipper. I just that leadership aspect of Warren White had been there to calm people down. And I think it's just indi- it, it, it points to something you mentioned earlier. Towards the end, it was rudderless. Um, there's no morale. There's no leadership there. Um, and so on and so forth. And something else, else I think we can just also mention, Cortel's son, he was found out badly by, by the long ball. Even when they shifted him into a different channel to defend, the Irish still kicked it at him. Which is just, I, have, you know. I have no idea where, where, where Skosan disappeared to on defense. I, there were times when poor Lates was sprinting, I mean dead sprint, straight across the field to cover his opposite wing because Skosan was missing. Mm. Uh, I mean, I picked that up at least two, three times. You just see poor Lates just tearing through the background of the screen just so you can cover that wing channel as well. Yeah, it's uh, between the two, uh, as, it, uh, as we've mentioned on the pod before to, to our audience, I'm a big Lions fan, but Scorsan, after that performance yesterday, if I'm an international team, if I'm the French, looking at looking at him for next week, I'm just going to kick it at Scorsan. That first Irish try, uh, I think you, it's it. you texted this to me too. We're busy live texting each other <laughs> almost during the game. There's three or four South Africans going up for the ball. Um, it spat out. And I think the Irish wing, I think it was Andrew Conway. He ended, yeah, up getting, he, yeah, he ended up getting the ball. And there's no one in front of him. You know, it's just like we've got four South Africans going up for a ball. And one to two Irishmen, maybe one in the foreground or background for, for what it could be said. And nobody gets the ball. Uh, I, I think as the Irish commentators, the RTE guys said, even in their half-time chat, which I checked out on YouTube, and if, you, if you're a listener, I'll do that too. So they spell out some half, harsh truths, uh, I would say. Ronan Agar is a little bit coy in criticizing us, but our basics just let us down. Ireland were just very excellent at the basics. They did simple things, and they had a plan. And uh, they, they essentially embarrassed South Africa. Uh, do, do you have any, any, any further, uh, anything further to add? Is any performance, anything that stuck out for you? Um, no, from from the from my side, I think uh, we've picked up this game's going to get picked apart for the next week or so. Yeah. And besides beating France fifty nothing, this game's not going to be forgotten for a long time. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think the less said about the better. But I think it's also important to to note what um, Tutti, our, our coach, said. He said, and I quote, it was disappointing. It was a disappointing defeat, and as a group, we take full responsibility for it. We let ourselves down, and our supporters. We have three games left in tour, and we have to fight our way back. I have to give credit to Ireland; they played tactically very well. At least, at least, finally, he recognises something that we're not doing. Uh, we lacked patience in our build-up and got off to a terrible start. We lost Kuni Ostas in the first minute of the game, and then conceded two penalties at the set piece. Um, and then he later said, "Our discipline let us down, and allowed them to pull pressure." I'm actually going to stop. I just feel like Tutti's a broken record. Uh, more importantly, yeah. something else we're going to discuss. Yeah, sorry, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? Yeah, no, okay. I was going to say, Tutti's got a set of flashcards and he just works through them at every press conference. Yeah, uh, it's just week after week. I've I've tuned him out. I've tuned him out. But before we, we get too bitter, there's a quick word out to Ireland. Uh, I, I thought they were excellent. They showed us showed up well. They're definitely worthwhile being ahead of us in the rankings and it was an excellent performance. I know the box... We didn't measure up, but I'm just saying to, to anybody who's Irish listening, 
fantastic performance. And we're actually yeah, sorry South Africa let, let them down and didn't provide decent opposition for the day. Yeah, I think yeah, the Irish played fantastically. They deserve every credit they have had so far. And yeah, are they playing New Zealand at all? Uh, this week I'm not actually sure. Let me let me let me just check. Let me because I know New Zealand aren't playing England, which is a big faux pas. But I wonder if they play because Ireland New Zealand, if it is happening this tour, could be quite interesting. Yeah. Did you check out any any of the uh, France New Zealand game? No, I wish I should have. But it sounded like a cracker compared to the rest. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I think you checked out the highlights, didn't you? No, I tried to, but I don't know. For some reason, I just said no. I couldn't check any highlights. <laughs> you, you, you two picked up your bitterness. I can tell you, Ireland have two more fixtures. They face Fiji uh, this coming week. They should belt them probably, and, yeah. then, and then they face Argentina. Uh, I think. I mean, you, you, we both end up watching the England Argentina game, which turned into a damn squib. Um, weirdly, Eng- England were mostly blooding their their bench and their lower tier players. Not impressive at all. It was one of the most boring games of rugby I've watched in quite a while. And if I was Eddie Jones, I'd be a little bit worried. He's a class coach, as uh, Japan versus South Africa and Brighton proved many, many years ago. Uh, but very boring. Very, very boring. I know you also watched, unfortunately, watched a yeah, bit of the England I, game. I was bouncing between this game and the Scotland Samoa. Both games, actually. You meet, Both games were fairly boring. and But yeah, I think the Scotland Samoa is slightly more interesting, at least. But... 11 tries. 11 tries, 40-odd versus 30-odd. Yeah, but, I mean, that was sort of the second half. By, the, by then, I'd switched over to the England-Argentina game to my discredit. Oh, I see. So I'd, you... I'd, I'd started on the one. What happened is I'd started on the one game, and it was boring, so I switched to the other game because I didn't want to watch England dismantle Argentina. Oh, uh, that's so, true. So I picked on Scotland-Samoa, you know, at least lo- lower the Six Nations, and Samoa always good, always good for an interesting game. And the first half was... Not that interesting. Switched over to the other side, and yeah, clearly made it made the wrong decision with my life. Yeah, well, I mean, I said, like, I, I was only able to watch the highlights for for the Scotland game. At one point, the Scots were well ahead, and you could have thought, "Ooh, Simone's in for a belting." But look, they came back, turned it turned into a good game. Um, but again, I think as I mean, we we were both listeners of the Egg Chasers podcast. They both noted that if if Stuart Hogg um, and their ten Finn Russell they'd pitch up, Scotland have. They have, they're going to have a bad time. They're both pitched up. And uh, yeah. Scotland did a lot better. Well, I, did, I think I did see Eddie Jones curse yesterday. Um, oh, did you see that? Like, yes, I did. I, I can't remember what actually uh, happened on the field. I think it was a turnover uh, for Argentina or something. And, and he like threw his notebook and he was like, ah, fuck, and curse in the, in the Australian way. It was beautiful to watch. Yeah, no, I've seen the gif a couple of times in a couple of other spots as well. Oh, it's already a gif. Of course it's a gif. Oh, it's already a gif, and- and it's hilarious. It's just too funny to watch. Well, what's also a gift is when Diddleate gets checked. Uh, I don't know which player oh. checked him. and got pushed over. That was, that was, that was quite funny. There's a, did you see the tackle on Lates as well at one point? Where he mm. coughed at, I think it was a bit later in the game. No, I, I think I missed that. I just kind of got blanked out. So I got pushed over. Oh. Yeah, it was about <laughs> somewhere in the, sort of in the middle of the second half. <laughs> Huge hit on Lates. Shame off. But the man's all sinew, so he just popped right back up. Well, coughed up. I, one of those, one yeah. of those where he coughs up the ball in the tackle and pops up ready to carry on with the knock-on. Well, you know what, Ashmark, Ashmark didn't He's he's won me over. But uh, oh, and uh, I'm just looking at this, another quote here. We have to fight back. Cause, oh, no, God, I actually this is actually what we also need to talk about before we move on to the other games. Because uh, we're running, we're running at 25 minutes 
That, that's how unhappy. That's how unhappy I am. Yeah, no, no, it's just it's just twenty five minutes of sour grapes. So far. yeah, it's so much. We could make a vineyard. There's so much sour grapes. But uh, now, as as I sent you the link, uh, this came out today. It was posted at fourteen forty five. This podcast has been recorded after seven pm. And it's from Craig Gray, who seems to be very well connected over at uh, uh, Times Live. Alistair Couture expected to be sacked as Bok coach in the coming weeks. Alistair Couture's remaining time as Springbok coach can be counted in weeks, not months, after the Bok slumped to a record 38-3 loss against Ireland in Dublin. Inside sources reveal that SRAB President Mark Alexander had a heated exchange with Couture in the immediate aftermath of the Dublin debacle. See, it's already got a, it's got a moniker. A reminiscent of scenes after the box lost Italy in Florence 2016, SRAB's Rugby's executive committee is set to meet in early December, where Couture's contract will be terminated following two seasons of disastrous results. Often, uh, I remember last year after the Italy loss, People said Kutsia was his head was on the chopping block, but they didn't go so go so far to say that he's going to get sacked. And now there's changing tack. They're pretty much saying he will get sacked afterwards. I think. What do you, what do you think I about think, this? I think yeah. When we were in this position last year, where everyone was saying he's going to get sacked and all that, I think I think the logical reason why he wasn't sacked last year was because his contract would have cost too much to buy him out for the rest of the year. Yeah, and there's no break clause as well. Yeah, but I think now that we've wasted a year on salary, I think if they're looking at the books and that, it's probably a loss worth taking now. Instead of three years, instead of paying him out three years, they're paying him out two years. And I think, yeah, it's it, as bad as it is to replace coach a coach two years before, not even two years, what is it? It's almost 18 months before yes. a World Cup. As, sadly, it has to be done. I mean... Tutti's wasted two years at this rate. Yeah, we've gotten we've gone backwards, and I don't think we could team. And we, I'm a big fan of English football. You can see it when a club start stop playing for their coach. Yeah, and, no, these there was no motivation. They weren't. These guys would. I've seen the word mutinous used so many times this last evening. We all know the media tend to. Well, they might have a habit of overstating the facts sometimes, but I know Craig Gray. He's generally well sourced. So the fact you're talking about this, I mean, Kutsia, as I say here, he's only one nine from twenty two. Yeah, man. I mean, what Strowley was what at fifty five percent, and he got axed. Oh or? God, Gee, if we if we we're talking about the, the Rudolph Strowley area <laughs> with, <laughs> with rose tinted glasses, or they uh, like I know we've lost a lot of players and that sort of stuff, but think about the player resources we have versus Scotland. Ireland, Scotland would beat us. Uh, in my opinion, because they have better coaches. I just don't think Tutti's up for it. I, f- I know there was talk of the week of Rassi and Tutti not talking over the phone, even though Rassi has been at Munster for an entire year. That's just common sense. Why don't you have a conversation? But look, just to quote Quagre right at the end of his article, mercifully, the end is near. So, anyway, let's quickly move on. Let's um, see who else played. Australia versus Wales. I, I checked out the highlights. Australia won 29-21, their 13th victory in a row uh, against Wales. Uh, did you, did, were you able to check those highlights? No, I've, like I said, I, after no, no, no. the game last night, I've You been, blacked out from rage. You know, you know when you wake up, when you wake up with from, and it's not even a hangover, it's just regret. <laughs> it's just that feeling, and I've, what have I done today? I've watched comedy wrestling matches from the Japanese promotion, New, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Was that, your, was, that your, was that your guilty pleasure? To, it's to, not so much even a guilty pleasure. It's just <laughs> something to bring a bit of karmic balance to the world and into my life again. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've ended up I ended up watching um, just a lot of a sitcom 
today. I moved a bookcase. I had to, I had to put my... <laughs> I literally unpacked a bookcase and moved it into a different room uh, because I just had to redirect the energy. But just two things to guard for me from the Australia game, and you should just go check it out on YouTube. Uh, one, Cody Bill, he's involved in both. Uh, in the tackle, you ripped the ball, stole it, uh, as, as an animal does from, from the egg of another animal, spread it through for 50 meters for a try. Cody Bill, class player. Uh, I, I know we could both agree on that. Secondly... Yeah, I- it's always had a soft butt for Kirtley. Always, 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 always. I know he, when he went, went over to Wasps, he turned Wasps around. Since left, Wasps, Wasps, excuse me, are terrible. Secondly, um, Michael Huber got sunburned, and then Kirtley Beal, he heads in there to uh, take Huber's spot at flank, and the Aussie aides, I think it might have been McMahon or someone else, is pointing to him. He's clearly, clearly he doesn't pay any attention to the scrums. You can see he has no clue of how to scrum, or where to join, or where to link up. As a flank, it, it was quite funny. You, you should check it out. You have a good laugh. I think I think I've seen I think I've seen that clip. I thought it was from an older game. Right? No, dude, it's, it's from it's... yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always one of my favorite things. Watch watching this watching one of the centers come packed down in a scrum because the, the one of the flanks have gone off. Uh, it's it was I think not too long ago. I watched what Damien Delendi actually does it quite well because I mean he's. He's about the right size. Let's put one thing to his credit. He actually, when he has to pack down in the scrum, it's you, it's hardly noticeable that there's a backline player there. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think I think I've seen old John De Villiers do it once or twice as well for the box. Uh, yeah, but John was a gent, and he yeah. probably he read through the whole manual, the, the whole book manual of the team. No, 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 obviously the man, the man sat there. Yeah, when, when, he's, when, he's, when he saw it happen to some other team, he realized that shit, this is a possibility in my life one day. I'm going to have to get through this. Jean saw every eventuality bar the World Cup injuries, which you both know. was super sad, but Australia, uh, they won. And I think that they're kind of on the up. Uh, and then secondly, All Blacks, uh, they beat France 38 18. Um, I think my highlight of the game, bar the All Blacks, that they're blooding a lot of younger players um, on tour and. Uh, uh, David McKenzie, bar him running 20 meters in the other direction to create lines of other players, he's a class act, or as the HOs call him, DMAC. I think we could do the same. Uh, they saw, I think who was it? Oh, it was France. They went for, they kicked to the corner for the try. Sonny Bill Williams, and we all know he's played league, he jumped up, grabbed the ball in his hands, uh, well, didn't even grab the ball, and he just literally parried the ball over his dead ball line. So he gets a yellow. There's a league that's allowed. He, he gets a yellow. <laughs> he gets a yellow, and then and then the referee, referee gives a penalty try, and it was absolutely deserved. He said, "Well, if he hadn't, if, well, yeah." It's uh, and the All Blacks were leading a thirty-one-five, and um, so I, I do think they're going through that's, a bit of a that's, shift. That's up there with Delendi's brain fart for the weekend. Oh God, dude. Yeah, no. Uh, at least at least Sunny Bill, and and uh, when you check out the highlights, his first. The first try I set up Derek Coles, he gets absolutely, he's, he's literally a, a split second away from being monstered in the tackle, and he yeah. manages to offload to, I think it was Dan Coles, uh, in for the first all-black try. It was a professional performance. I'd said, all-blacks are blooding a lot of young guys, while Zaki Nohola, he got two, and like I expect them to end, end the turn beat. I know they're playing France again uh, later on. In France, I mean, they fought hard, and it wasn't a bad scoreline, so... Uh, the only disappointment from the Southern Hemisphere was South Africa, Argentina, if anybody's watched Super Rugby, uh, Yagiatas, Argentina, same thing, they've, they've gone a little bit backwards. So, th- th- let's just quickly go on to next, next week. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I saw one other score that I want to see if I can find highlights for somewhere. Which one Georgia was that? And, 
uh, Georgia and Canada. I think it was like 55-22 to, to Georgia. Georgia's the, got the most competitive front row out of all the other national sides. I mean, if you look at the French top league, yeah, I think I think I think every team has at least one Georgian prop, maybe two. And I mean, their captain is Gorgatsa. I don't. Is he, yeah, he's still captain, and him for Toulon. He's yeah. also a monster and a crowd favorite there. So, I mean, just, oh, they don't God. have backline players because they're all uh, just forwards. But... I just found I found the score: Georgia fifty-four, Canada twenty-two. Yeah. So you 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 get you have, I just just have you look at this. So a kicker here. It was so 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 social. I think we'll say social. Matashvili, incredible try versus Canada. Yeah, it's a kick head. He literally runs ahead for 30 yeah. meters. Well, hey, well, you know what? Bring it on. Bring it on at the World Cup. I- I'm yeah, excited. Man. Right. Let's quickly uh, yeah. let's quickly look at next week's game against France. Do you do you expect many changes? I want to say an entire new backline, but that's doubtful. I think Tutti's a sucker for consistency. Yeah. We might not see Delendi starting. No, I don't think so. But that's about. That's yeah. I don't see much. Problem is, who who starts? Who starts twelve? Um, I I can't tell you right now. I do I do have a feeling though that Pollard, he'll definitely start. Um, we might see Dan De Pere, um, get a debut. Um, I'm happy Warwick Gallant. He ends up getting on the field as well. And just Kutsia is also yeah. Kutsia was almost a non-element on the field. There was no positive, no real negative. Just just a flat neutral. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was just poor forwards we'll see um I, I do think we might even get a change at eight but as you said he's a sucker for consistency now he's gonna change i love really page i love a new half appearing entirely i just i think elton's now shot for confidence and his, his kicking game is not as far as pollard's i'm, I'm actually just too too depressed to to, to talk about it <laughs> yeah no look i think we want a lot of changes but i don't think we're gonna get as many as we want Mm. And yeah, uh, hope, hopefully Tutti sees the light and does decide. You know what? Let's shake this up. This absolutely didn't work this yeah. weekend. So. Well, look, I think let's quickly let let's wrap up. Uh, just final thoughts from me. Uh, we'll get get yours to wrap things up. I just have a feeling that the players are, are getting to the point of stop stopping to play for Kutsia, and the end is nigh for him, and not a moment too soon. That's just me. I know I'm being very negative here, but it seems to me that the players just aren't feeling it. They won't be motivated. So the end is nigh. Uh, your final thoughts uh, for this week? And then we can go, go cry in the showers, roll over and, and whatnot. Yeah, sort of look like Tobias just biting on the dishcloth and just <laughs> crying in the shower. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, pretty much, yeah, I think my thoughts, you summed it up quite nicely there. It's a, it's a team that's clearly lost lost their sort of leadership from the coaches whether it's Tutti on his own whether it's the whole ad- sort of administration in itself not working together but Tutti being the face of that Tutti ga- carries the blame there I think yeah yeah alright well that, that's going to wrap it up for episode 3 of Elite Banter we'll catch you up next week after God knows what happens against France uh, thanks for listening we'll check you next week uh, thanks Matt have a, have a good week you too Adam cheers bye Ciao.